Welcome inside the Legends Lounge, where baseball VIPs are hanging out and talking about their life in the game. We've got a guy that can completely take over the lounge coming up. I mean, I've spent some time sitting in John Gibbons' office, chatting it up before calling a game. And I mean, it was no surprise that he could carry his own show. And <laughs> sometimes it's like, are we on his show or is he on our show? And I mean that in the best way possible. This is not a guy that has ever been difficult to interview. Oh, he is. No, um, he is. Uh, full of words he's opinionated he is yes. also makes you feel pretty quickly like you're his friend in the room right and you've been talking for years together like i remember that. i think the first time i met him i felt that way you're sitting there and i'm like does he know me because i don't think i've met him until this point but it, it feels like we're friends yeah no and i'm looking forward to it because as long as i've known him played against him and covered him as a as an as an analyst uh and his tenure long tenure as a major league manager um, he's very kind of logical, you know what I mean? He's opinionated, but he just looks at stuff old school way, mostly. And, uh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing some of his logic of his career, his life and what he sees about baseball right now. Yeah. He's very approachable. Yes. He is not, um, even if but he has some old school to him, <laughs> yeah, he's opinionated, but the difference is, and, and we'll get into this, you'll listen, but if you go really far back old school managers it's like guys were like scared to talk to them right like they had this aura yeah, where it's like i'm point. the boss yeah, right with gibby it was like i'm super approachable and you can come in and, and we can but go through anything boss. yeah he's still the <laughs> boss but it's just a different approach so right let's let's bring in gibby to the lounge Longtime Blue Jays, big league skipper, former Met player, current broadcaster. I'm going to call him that, hanging out in the lounge. He's got his own pod, the Gibby Show. John Gibbons is here. So, Gibby, a longtime friend of both of ours, are you going to interview us? Like, are we going to interview you? Because here now, I'm I'm going through your, your Instagram. Like, you've got a lot of good content going now in your world. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I turned 60 back in June. Big O, you can. Well, I don't know if you come can. on now. It's not 60, it's 60, man. You got to turn the I to an E, baby. Come on now. Uh, but it's like, and I'm thinking, it's probably a little old to be on social media doing all that crap, you know. But it was, it's kind of, you got to do it, I guess, to, to start a show. These things kind of came about in a, in a weird way. You know, I was, I was no longer active in, well, I was Braves, right? As a special mm-hmm. assignment scout. And uh, then they, then they, they, the some guys from the Blue Jays, some writers that approached me about writing a book when I got fired at eighteen. So that kind of, I, I was totally against that for a while. But then I thought, you know what, I can try to make a living here anyway. You know, so uh, that we started that, and then it led to a podcast. So I was at the time I was with the Braves. This was just uh, last September, and I talked to Alex Anthopoulos. You know, he's my old guy. You know, that uh, with the Blue Jays, and he brought me over to the Braves. And he said, really, it's kind of, you know, if you're talking about other players and baseball and things like that, it's kind of a conflict of interest. And I got, I mean, I totally got that. So he said, you, you need to resign. And, and so so I resigned. And then uh, I went into this full bore, you know, and, it's, and I've had a little fun with it, you know. Uh, and it's it's building up little by little. 
and we're trying to find some sponsors because uh, you know I don't want to do everything for free all the time. You know, <laughs> and, uh, hell no. No, are we going to see you on TV maybe too, Gibby? Like, is this podcasting career just getting started? Well, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I can mangle the English language with the best of them. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like your 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 uh, typical broadcaster. You know, like you guys. You know, uh, no, no, no. Don't no. Count, I guess to answer your question, don't count on it. Put it that way. Yeah. Don't count on it. But you know, if we if the, if the right phone caller situation. Hey, you. By the way, the, the game has changed. And I'm saying broadcasting. Like you, you don't need right. to be the master uh, vocab sensation the Mark real raw, authentic talkers are the winners in, in my book well you know you know it's funny the the players always had it was they had we always kind of had a running joke right i don't care what team it was on it was like because i sometimes talk fast and i don't think what i'm before it, you know and, it, and it's kind of like a mumbling and things like that uh in the running in and they would always like you know like uh who's the guy uh there's a guy on Waterboy. uh uh, oh our, yeah, our former friend. You know, they call me oh, right, right, right. The, the Louisiana <laughs> guy talking some crazy stuff. <laughs> so, but my my uh, where where it helped me is like, you know, if they don't know what you're saying, you keep them guessing, man. You keep them on their toes, right? See, so you know, there's always that <laughs> use it to your advantage. So, but anyway, I don't, I don't know. I, I have fun with it. Uh, uh, I don't think I ever, you know, I think that that job, you guys, you guys know. I mean, that's a grind. Oh yeah, that uh, to do that all the time and to do it, you know, on the on the top level, you know. Scotty B, uh, Gibby and I go way back, man. I mean, uh, we we cross paths. I want to even think that we might have crossed paths even in Kingsport. I mean, that's how far back that I might have crossed paths with John Gibbons, man. And uh, and so, and, oh, and, give me the lowdown then. Like, when did you guys meet? What was he like? Yeah, like, well, I mean, it was the minor age, leagues. I mean, like, he was a top pick, bro. I'm telling you. Uh, and and it, if it weren't for I mean, you had a serious injury that I know set you back, you know, in your career. No, um, not like yours. Not like yours. No, nah, I mean, but you know, you did no. have a you did a collision that, that that didn't help. You know what I mean? But but he was well put together, you know, and 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 a rough catcher guy and uh, and a competitor. <laughs> and uh, and I had many many games against Gibby, especially by the time we both got to Triple A. And uh, and and again. Um, there was a, a historic game that changed my world because uh, yes. I was we were in water and, and he was with the Mets and I was with the Yanks and I was I was killing the league league man it was in it was in early August and and uh, mid August or so and, and I I tried to break up a double play um, and completely demolished my ankle I mean it went backwards I mean it was the posy kind of basically what what happened to the posy uh, at yeah. home plate that they changed the rules for very similar my spike caught in the snap and I, and I, I know that uh, Gibby was at that game. We were just talking about it before we started the podcast and, and, uh, but bottom line, man, I, I do want to ask you, um, one of the things that's always fascinated me about managers is that catchers tend to be great managers. I kind of know why the answer is, I mean, you guys are the quarterback. A lot of people think it's the pitcher, but it's the catchers. And, and um, I want you to expound on that because you definitely uh, get to see the game from a different vision than anybody else on the field. Everybody's looking in from the defensive point. You're looking out. And uh, maybe expound on why catchers have become such great managers. Yeah, I will. I will. But first, I, I, you know, what you were just mentioning, you know, yeah, it was a game in Norfolk, right? Yeah, bro. I was, was kind of, you know, I, I, I was a first-round pick by the Mets in 80, but they had Daryl Strawberry, number one. Billy Bean, the GM, was 
the second pick of the man, he was number 23 and I was 24. And I, and I, you know, my, my career was starting to stall. Right. But, it, but you came along with the Yanks there and you, you were like the top prospect in baseball. And I can remember the game you second and he, and, and he just, and I was back behind home plate, you know, I was catching, yeah, I, but I heard the snap and then remember the snap. I don't know if it was Steve Springer, but who, who somebody, it was Springs. It yeah, was Springs. Springo. You grabbed Springo. the hold of a man and, and you know, everybody knew, right. Just from the sound. Magadan, who's my homie was at third. Okay. Springer Mags, that's right. Second. Uh, uh, Soper. Who was at short? Um, Brian. Elster? So- El- no, Elster was at short. Elster. Uh, Elster. And, and then, um, Milligan was at first, and and I tried and I stood up, bro. That's how crazy that game. Yeah, was. I crazy. I did. I couldn't believe it that what I did. I knew I did something really bad. I stood up. I looked at my back at my foot. Uh-huh. It was behind me. Yeah. <laughs> I just fell yeah. back down. <laughs> and uh, now I can laugh about it because I still have three screws holding my ankle together right now as we speak. And they had to surgery for me not only on the outside to put, get it back, but I tore all my ligaments. So it was a really tough coming, but. I do remember, man, you, you were just a competitor and, and I appreciate you saying that about me because I was leading the league in a lot of, a lot of things. And it yeah, well, not only that, I mean, you know, the hype, you were there, you were, you were the next, Thank you, man. next Yankee, uh, you know, great. Yeah. Well, they and did then, have a guy named Mattingly that was kind of holding me back and that injury didn't help me any. <laughs> no, but, no, but, but it delayed, you never know. I mean, you know, exactly, I mean, you, exactly. you went on and did some great things, right. But you know, you never know. You, you know, know what, because- it, what it, what it ended up Realizing years later, and I want to ask you about this because now they have added it to become no more pitchers hitting. It what it was for me was that they just nobody at that time, Gabby, was grooming DHs. So I was a power hitting switch hitter that was hitting 25 plus home runs in the minor leagues and, and and a great run producer, but I didn't have a spot. I was a first baseman left fielder, and remember they didn't. Boom DHs then. Now, yeah. not only do they groom DHs, both leagues have DHs. So, you know what I mean? Maybe you could talk a little bit about that and how how it is managing, you know, uh using that that advent, you know, of a DH. Yeah. Well, well, you know, first to go back to your original question, you know, uh, why do catchers, you know, so many catchers do it? You know, I really don't know, other than I do, like you mentioned, you know, you're involved the 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 most important part of a game is pitching, right? You know, you can you can outslug you can't out you can't outslug teams to the championship. You know, you got to have hit, you got to have offense, but the pitching's going to get you there in the long run. You know, and it's and it's going and it's going to win it for you, right? I mean, there's never been a team that that won it that didn't have good pitching, and so naturally, with the the catcher being the uh, uh, working hand in hand with those guys, and you you learn over time. You know when a pitcher's had enough, had to, had to coax them, had to get the most out of them, had to what you know whatever whatever it is, that's kind of your mentality. So you're thinking along those lines, and, and you, I think the biggest thing you get is you you figure out when a pitcher's he's getting near the end, right? Now the game's kind of changed a little bit where they base everything off analytics, and, and the numbers don't lie. But I think we get carried away. But it's just kind of like that. Get you got a little better instinct than maybe the other guy that wasn't working hand in hand with the pitcher, right? And uh, and I also say uh, most catchers didn't make enough money, man, to to, to walk, <laughs> walk away right. from the game. They still need to do it, you know, because they, they weren't stay in that sucker. <laughs> There's a few of them, but not a lot of them, you know. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of them end up in it. And whether there's something to that, I, I don't know. But I will always say this: it uh, 
when you know they talk about pitching, not a lot of ex pitching uh, pitchers make managers, right? Right. And some some of them have done it, some done very well. But it was like I always I always noticed even when I was managing in, in like pitching coaches. But if you're going to make a pitching change, you know you always run things by a you know Pete Walker. Let's say it was my my second pitch. A coach. good one. Yeah, a great one. I say, what do you think? Blah, blah, blah. And, and it seems like pitchers. Pitching coaches always want to give that guy that one extra guy, right? <laughs> because that's the way they thought, maybe. Right, right. Maybe, you know that hey, I can get this guy, I can get this guy, I can get one more, you know, whatever, you know. The in the, and it's like no, you know, you know, that's, I don't, that, that, that maybe catcher got to come in, part, catcher you know? mentality, yeah, gotta come in and so, go, no, buddy, I, yeah. I, I can feel it. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's gassed up. Exactly. Um, so, so if that's the. Uh, uh, and you know the, the game a lot it still dictates itself a lot you know certain you do certain things in certain parts of the game and now especially with the dh like you were talking about in both leagues it's really sit back depending on your team obviously but it's sit back let the let the boys swing the bats and do their thing and you control the the, the run the pitching staff right right, right. And, uh, um, and hope you have a good defense <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Those are things that you can't really do much about generally. You're, you're right. You, you can't control what you can control, Gibby, as you did for many years. Is okay. I'm taking this dude out after this next batter, and those right. decisions are dictating the result of the game to very directly. Right, exactly. You know what? It's interesting too. Uh, Jimmy Leland's a good buddy of mine, right? And you know, uh, I, people used to ask me, you know, well, what do you think? You know, um, you know, with when you hit, when we were doing interleague, when the when the pitcher still hit, did I ask me if I like that, or what do you think the difference is, or is it is it tougher to manage in the National League, American League? And I started to think about it. I, I really couldn't answer that enough because I didn't hadn't, you know didn't have enough interleague games, National League games. So. But I talked to Jimmy Leland. You know, he thought it was easier managing the National League. I said, really? Because hmm. strategy. I said, why is that? He goes, well, the, sometimes the game forces your hand. You know, if, if you're down a couple of runs, you got to take that guy out and hit for him, right? Or you got the the toughest part about the American League, where the where the you know you can pitch anybody you want. You know, you got to know the right time to take him out. You know, you wait too long, the game's That's out a of great hand. point. So it's like you have to make a decision there. A lot of times in the National League. You're forced to make a decision because you're whether you're down or not. Now, now, say you got a lead in this tight game, and it's a little bit differently. But so often, you're forced to take that guy out, depending on it. You know when he's coming to bat. You know. Yeah, I, I played for Jimmy, you know, for a couple yeah. seasons in Pittsburgh. So uh, Skip was 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 very good at, at manipulating that. And unfortunately, he was using me as a pinch hitter, which I sucked at the pinch hitter. You know me, Gibby. <laughs> I got to get four. Hey, uh, hey, man, that's the toughest job in the game. It is. But I want to ask you, speaking of tough job in the game, um, so so you're 86, man. You're, you're you know you were up and down a little bit, and and you got there, and at least you got to experience that crazy uh, series and that crazy Mets team. Um, how was that clubhouse? <laughs> well, I'm kind of assuming just... I'm assuming there's going to be a chapter in the book a little bit about that one alone. I know you're going to say what? a lot about. About Canada, but, but hey, you got- I'll tell you this: if I wasn't such a, uh, 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 didn't have so many good friends, or I wasn't uh, or a, <laughs> nice guy, or, you could really yeah, find or, or a, a really loyal, loyal friend. Dirty, I, I could have really revved it up. But I, I was, well, I was a kind of a fly on the wall, you know. In because uh, uh, that year in '86, uh, let's see, it was it was like August first. Gary Carter was playing, you know, the kids was playing first base once one day. 
and he dove for a ball, dislocated his thumb, right? So I was catching down at AAA. So I got called up, and then myself and Ed Hearn were the, were the catchers, right? And so, you know, we played till the end, and Gary came back, you know, in, in uh, September, a month later, and, and they went on to win it all. But, yeah, so I got I got to play a few games, and then they kept me around. I wasn't on the active roster in the postseason, but I caught in the bullpen, which that seems like my – that's I'm I'm really good at catching the bullpen, man. Everywhere I go. <laughs> hey, you've been a bullpen catcher a few plays there, buddy. I, I should have been a bullpen coach. <laughs> So, but I, you know, it, it, uh, you know, the bullpen catchers now are making $3.7 million now. I mean, I don't know if you know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wouldn't surprise me for crying. Right. <laughs> but let me tell you that, that team, uh, you know, it's really hard to describe it. Right. But they, I mean, there was battles all the time. Right. You know, people ask, well, is, you know, is, is a key to success, you got to have a, a, a great clubhouse and everybody's got to get along. And I, and, and I say, yeah, that helps. But no, that's not the, that's no, you know, because, uh, but they just, this team, they showed up every night to beat you, right? And they'd fight you. They'd fight themselves. They'd fight you, the other team. But I've never seen a better group of competitors in my life. And I, in, in, in uh, you know, in, and, you know, they were led by Keith Hernandez was a, the the leader, right? Keith would grind it out and, and lead the way and, it was really a talented team. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to no win out. But there was just something, uh, you know, Davey Johnson was real loose. He had, he had the, the rules, you know, uh, be on time and play hard. Right. I kind of kept those. And yeah, you know, you, nobody likes playing for a guy that's got all these rules and all that. So, so, um, you know, it might've got, it, it, it obviously got out of control and some guys suffered for it down the road, obviously, you know, uh, but just a great, team a great group of guys and and they came to win man and everybody hated them um and they fight you but you know and boy were they good you know and, and uh except for Mets fans they loved them <laughs> yeah and you know that was the, the time they came in those 80s in the mid 80s you know uh i guess the whole country was crazy but new york city was really crazy right and mm -hmm. so that that group was perfect for that um for that city, you know, and, and it's a good thing, you know, I mean, like, you remember the, in with the Red Sox and all that and the comeback and the Buckner and all that, it was almost like it really would have been uh, a shame or disappointing if that team doesn't win it all that year, because they were clearly the best team. Right. Um, and so justice was served, put it that way. The baseball guys were, we're looking out for them. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I yeah. imagine it was helpful for you. I mean, in terms of, preparing for your later days as a manager to see that mix and that talent. And Hey, let's be real. Even in like the, I could tell you, I don't want to call out teams or names necessarily, but even in the past, like 10 years, I could, could pick it out a few teams that you're like, how did they not win at all? Because they're so damn talented. So for you to observe how that process went about and how it wasn't smooth by any means, but they ended up on top at the end, I'm sure you took a page or two or 20 out of that book from what Davey did and also just observing the clubhouse for how your style was when you took over as a manager. Yeah. You know, well, you know, Dave, Dave, I love Davey, you know, um, Davey never panicked, man. He was like the most confident guy. Right. And he, uh, he didn't say much, you know, he, you know, I mean, he, he was, he was more of a veterans manager, but you know, he lets you go out and play. And if he, if he, if he really, if he wanted to say something to you, you know, a lot of times he'd go through your coach. Right. And, um, it, uh, but he had, I mean, he dripped with confidence, never panicked. And I can even remember 
you know, when, you know, you drop the first two games in that World Series against Boston at home, right? And it's like, oh, you know, you know, at home and you're doing – and he, ne- he never panicked and that team – Team came back, right, and went it, and, and there was the, the, some divine intervention, possibly, but they came back and won it. And I can remember when our team, when I was in Toronto in '15, we we dropped the first two, you know, it was best of five, not best of seven in this first round to to Texas, right, and at home, and we were going out of Texas, you know, we got to win three straight. And our team was like that, right? There was no sense of panic; they knew they could do this. And I kind of, and I would look back and, you know, I thought about Davey and all that. He said, you know what? You don't panic. You know, if you're going to win it, you're either going to win it or you're going to lose it, right? There's no time. We're not going to outthink the game right now. We, you know, we're very, two very similar teams, us and the Rangers. I said, you go out there and play, man, and, and trust the boys to do their thing, you know, and keep a clear head and make the right pitching changes, right? And the boys stepped up like they always did. So uh, there's something to be said about, you know, the the, the teams do kind of take on maybe the demeanor of the manager a little bit. Maybe they used to more in those days because now, you know, now that, you know, the players run the world, but it's, um, <laughs> but yeah, but if, if they it's see, true. if they see you panic, man, they're, you know what it's, you know, it's like, really? Come on. Cause if you think about it, I think managers can screw up things more than they can really help it. Right. They, yes. They can yeah. get in the way. If they get start getting in the way, Team's in trouble, right? If they get too smart and and uh, don't trust their guys out there, or now we got to overmanage things like your team's in trouble, right? It's baseball is a comp is a simple game, and but we sometimes we overcomplicate it. And I think some of that analytics we use nowadays, we're trying to overcomplicate it, right? But trust your guys, and in the if if you got talent, you know your job as a manager is get the most out of them, whatever that takes, and then let them do their thing, you know. But yeah, this is why I'm gonna tie this all together. Go ahead. By Gibby's on social, like he is a yeah, yeah, yeah. he is a, a a young soul and a modern manager, whether he likes it or knows it or not, right? Because of what he's talking about. That if you go further back, like say in the 80s, I'm sure we could come up with some managers that were drill sergeants that were taken over that were getting in the way. Nowadays, for the most part, if you were ever like that as a modern manager, and you won't last, you won't last Duh. a minute. You have to be sensitive. You have to be a psychologist. You have to be right. chill. You have right. to like all of those things. You can't. I, I, I mean, I do manager meetings every week, calling games or whatever. Very rarely am I sitting in an office nowadays where I'm like, this guy's in panic mode. Like he won't last. He'll be out of there. No. In five but, but you, but you, but you have to let him know you're in charge. You know, you, you can't let the inmates right. run the asylum either. You know, sometimes. You gotta, How do you do that? Yeah. Sometimes you got to pin some ears back just to keep him in line. But Oh, remember, there used to be guys that, you know, when they could rule with the iron fist back back in the olden days, right? Because you weren't making that much money. They could Earl Weaver. I mean, shoot, Frank yeah. Robinson. I mean, these were Oh, yeah, Billy men. Martins and all that. Billy Martin. If they didn't like it, you're gone. In the, in the I man. Mean, to some degree, Bobby Cox, I mean, you yeah, know, oh, yeah. was not yeah, easy. Doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, uh, oh, yeah. I, but but you yeah. know but a lot of that had to do with the money you're making you know true back then they didn't make quite money so that they could eat it a little bit easier now they're making so much money and they, they, you know, we didn't have multi-year contracts as prevalent right. as as they do now so i mean kids that once they get past that third year i mean as long as they get into arbitration now they're getting either a sweetheart deal for five years or they're getting into you know the deeper contracts uh and i was 11 years yeah <laughs> i mean it's crazy i mean but that's you know you get to what I do want to get your take on your, uh, and I I know it because you were one of my favorite managers, and you know that we cross paths a lot because of being in the AL East and my covering the Rays 
and you being with, you know, our, one of our biggest rivals along with Boston and well, all four, we're all, all five of us are rivals, you know, the Mets, Baltimore, right. New York and Boston. And, and, and I would just love to go down on the field, Scotty. And he was one of my favorite managers to go down him and, 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 uh, uh, Joe Girardi, right? And then I would really make a point to to be by the cage. Remember how many times I come up and oh, hang, yeah. hang oh, with yeah. you, and just talk and and get my own insight from my pregame show and postgame show, but just talk baseball, man. Because one, I want to ask you, what were your managerial styles, or who who kind of affected you the most? I mean, because I looked at you as like a cross between David Johnson, Bobby Cox, and then I'm going to say a name that. That Scotty has no idea who this guy is, but you're gonna crack up, uh, Gibby. Rocky Bridges. Do you ever cross paths with Rocky Bridges? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew you'd go crack up. <laughs> Explain to problem. Scotty B who Rocky Bridges was. <laughs> hey, well, you know, oh, that's a compliment, man. You know, that is a compliment. You know, no, that all three of those are compliments. They're just right. different. You know, you got you got Davy, who was kind of quiet and. And and hey, pl guys, play man, play hard for me. You got Bobby was a little bit more of a stern guy, but also old school. It meets new school, and then you got Rocky Bridges, Scotty. Rocky Bridges managed in the minor leagues. I want to say forever, at least thirty years. Wow, right? Some crazy amount. He never managed in the big leagues. I don't think he ever, if he ever stepped oh. foot in the big leagues. He's got a big and league manager name, so that's a shame. Rocky Bridges. I played for yeah. him in AAA for the. Pittsburgh Pirates just for a short time and then I and I was up and, and then was up for the Pirates for a couple of years but my gosh like the roughest you know funniest double chewing tobacco you know come on guys let's go get him a good country guy and you being from from the good old state of Texas uh I think you can you can uh you know yeah. uh, well you know what they had they had you know there was I think the game, and I'm not speaking of myself, but so, so many, there used to be more personalities, right? Yeah. And now everything's yeah. so, I, I miss know, it. Everything's, buddy, every, everybody's so, uh, toes in the line. Politically and, correct. Like, say politically it. Go ahead and correct. say it. Oh, exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, you're dealing with, uh, young men, middle-aged men, high testosterone, you know, great, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting for their life, trying to make a living for their family, you know, in a, in a short-lived career, even if it's a great career. You know, so there's a lot of tensions and all and tension. And then, you know, but it's kind of baseball's kind of turned corporate, you know, and all that. And, and uh, where it used to be fun, you know, yeah, you know, the t tobacco spit. Not like that's a, that was a good thing. But, you know, the, the the managers had some personalities and they'd laugh and screw around with, you know, all that. And, and they're in there now. You know, I think nowadays you get a lot of standoff kind of, you know, here's this guy and then here's the players and all that. Not always. I mean, there's a lot of good. But the game was definitely different. And so much of it's because of the money at stake and um, uh, branding. Yeah, you know, a lot, just a lot more branding and a lot more commercializing. Yeah. Of it. It's still listen. Bottom line in the end, back then and now, Scotty, you would agree to the bottom line. It's still about play ball. It's still about the game between the lines. It's just that there's some other aspects now that constitute. And I love Scotty's take because he's a young, smart as shit guy that 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 understands and and really uh gibby like respects the old school but also kind of you know 
really understands that the new school needs to be there. I mean, uh, you know, ask or, or make a good statement on that, Scotty, because I do respect what you, how you see. How you I'm a middle person. Up. And and actually those generally that mindset in today's game is, is what's working, especially with organizations. Right. And some of them public perception is different. Obviously Gibby spent time, Oh, a lot of time, right. Within deep within an organization, seeing exactly how it works, how to deal with the front office. And obviously it's all differently by depending on who the president of baseball, right. GM, whatever ownership, all of that factors in. So, no, I'm I mean, Gibby, probably I'm a I'm a modern consuming fan where I'm in a pretty prime, probably demographic of, of what the game looks for. And I'm also I'm a progressive thinker. A lot of that more usually actually tilts towards the rules, Gibby, like where and as as far as and you've mentioned this multiple times as far as numbers are concerned yeah like it's not possible for for any human being to say hey i watched every game of the 2022 season i'd be like bullshit that's not possible there's too much there's too much baseball like you can watch basically every nfl game so numbers are going to help with that conversation and with evaluation and all of that but at the same time yeah i've i've just i understand the the scouting and the player development and player evaluation portion of things. And, and I think there are quite a few teams that are sometimes, whether they want to say it publicly or not, you can see it even with hires sometimes, like we'll start to tilt one way or another too much and then try and bring themselves back. We see that like natural progression sometimes, but there's that component. The other component I was talking about with me, Gibby is rule wise. Cause the one, the one thing I look at everything I'm, I don't like corporate. I don't like that word. Cause I think if you get too corporate, then you're not involving uh, you know, your community and, and every, like I'm saying of fans, like you, you want to always think about your fans and why you're here and you're here. Cause especially for MLB we're entertainment. So exactly, yes. Sure that we are entertained. That's what you're talking about. Personalities. And you don't have to necessarily like you don't have to get like if you're a player, you don't have to get political, but like let's hear about you. Like let's talk. Yeah, let's like, don't be so guarded, human. you like, know. Don't be calculated with everything. Yeah. Sometimes you might have to because you don't want to get in trouble if you threw at someone or whatever. Okay, but like generally, like let's just let's just say fuck it and have a good time. Like that that stuff is important in our game. And I take that to the rules conversation sometimes too, Gibby, just because. We're in 2023 and sometimes like your audience, your audience is going to evolve and change. So we have to make sure like three hour, 15 minute games when there's 30 yep. minutes of dead time, which we're going to see now coming up this season, like a pitch clock. And I know I've talked to plenty of players. I'm sure you have too. like so, some pitchers going to be pissed when it first starts. But unfortunately, like the way the world works now, we need it. You, you can't have 40 seconds between every pitch. It just does. It's not good for our product. Well, I got you. I, you know, my, you know, my view on this guy is, is, is uh, always, you know, uh, first off, the, the the home plate rule because the guy gets hurt, right? And it's games. Come on, that's your the game about scoring runs. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't want your catcher to block the plate, tell your catcher, hey, don't go near it, right? But if, if another team wants his to do it, to save a run or something, let them do it, right? It's it's okay. And then the the slide at second base, you know, the, with Utley, right? You know, guys have gotten hurt. Of course they've gotten hurt, you know. Uh, Fosse, you know, things like that. Uh, it's at home plate. But, yeah, it happens. But really, does it happen that often that we got to change the game in, um, you know, take a chance on, on a judgment call that might – dictate the outcome of the seventh game of the world series or something, you know, it, it's just kind of, it's, that, that's kind of, that's kind of my thinking uh, on that. Um, but now what was your question? 
Well, what about well, what about the I mean, well, oh, I mean, like where I'm at, but like, for example, the oh. entertainment like that product and like you're because this is all tied together to what you're talking about. You're like, we need more personalities, right? Like at the end of the day, we're not trying to be, you know, WWE, that's a different product. I'm not talking about that. But even if you look at like, the, say, the NBA, like players like great example, the, the way that that league has, has changed and the way that players speak. It's just like little, especially during a long regular season, like MLB has tons of drama all the time. So like, and and a lot of the time it, it's drama. That's actually just fun to talk about. And so you want yeah. to go open yeah. and go for it. So, and also, you know, yeah, it's entertainment. You want some gossip. Yeah. And the league with NBA will do though, is they change rules left and right. I mean, it's not, you know, groundbreaking, but we're, we're involved in a sport that's got a lot of history to it. So for example, I'm just telling, I know for a fact this year, I mean, um in 2023 right like the games are going to be quicker i mean i'm sure. I, I call minor league games and and showcases and all these things like using are, that that using like that, that uh, part of it for me i mean i don't know if we were going to go this route but like that that rule change gibby for me the the pitch clock that's coming up i think is going to be one of the biggest changes in baseball history and forget what it does yeah. to the field i'm, I'm for that though for the I'm entertainment for product because yeah. We didn't used to, guys take advantage now. Like yeah, I, I did this for my dad last season multiple times. Just when I would watch a game with him, there was a time when you know a, a pitcher got the ball and we would count together. I go, ready, let's go, because I would notice. You know, you know when a guy's real slow, and I'd go, let's go. And there was a time like we were getting to forty consistently with a starter, and I was like, you can't do that. Like, no, I got you. I, no, there's no, there's no doubt. But. You know, but I'm, I've always been in the belief because I, I, this way I looked at it, unless I was actually active managing, right? If it's a boring game, slow moving game, I'll turn it off, turn the channel, or I'll go home, right? If if it, you know, it's, but you know, the, the, the kind of, we can't do that. We can't lose the fans, Gibby. We, we can't lose people. Well, let me right. tell you, if they're paying guys $300 million, they're making money somewhere. So whether it's the fans or something, so the game's healthy, right? Sure. But, point. but say, say you get a, a 15 to 10 game, right? Mm-hmm. Offense galore, everything. Those are long games. I don't care what the people love that, you know. So a lot of times, if it's if it's if it's a dull game or something, it's it's you know that's kind of magnifies the length of it. If it's sure. a high score and crazy game, nobody cares because people like excitement. But you know, I, the my only fear is is uh, you know uh, when you get late in the game, right? Mm-hmm. When the game's on the line, big games, what have you. But you might not notice it early in the season, all, but you see it in the postseason all the time, right? When this pitch might dictate the winner and loser of a right, those guys, those guys back off. They want to make sure they're, in, you know, they're, they're. I don't they gather. Well, you know, would you say gathering your thoughts or whatever, right? Yeah, and I get it. Drives you nuts because I've been in the dugout going, "Let's go," you know. But so, but okay, you get a guy up there and he's forced to pitch, or they punish, penalize him, whatever. Now you got some controversy, right? You know, mm-hmm. but but uh, but I but can you remember- time out, Gibby. Like late in a game like that, that's my thing. You do get some timeouts. So oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, my thing is like- call timeout. Like if you're a quarterback or if you're LeBron in the NBA or whatever, like you still got your pit, your, your play clock, your shot clock, but they can call timeout if they're like, hey, we need to score on this possession. Hold up, right? right. No, I got you. But you know how it is. You, you mentioned psychologists a while ago. You know, mm-hmm. you get some guys. I, you know, I I think you're better off when you work fast anyway, right? I see, yeah. you know, but, but but there's some guys, there's some guys not in there, in there they got their sight go, he'll go, breathe, or, you know, think of this. Right, right, right. Not All these things loser, they got to right? run through. Okay, well, now to, for, for him to be successful, he's got to be a little bit slower, right? So now, so now we're going to take away is is what what makes him what he is? It's going to be oh. a rude answer, Gibby, but, the, but yes, we're going to take yeah, that away okay. from him. 
And and my because my thing is like the best NBA player of all time might be a guy who takes forever to shoot. And if he does, he ain't making it because he his brain's not working quick enough to but be. Let me ask you this, play. guys. And 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 Gibby will again, we're the same age, same era. We're 80s and 90s uh ball players, right? Here's the deal. You follow the money. You know, they always say yeah. the phrase in everything in life. Well, fo- politics, sport, follow yeah. the money. And here's where you follow the money. So in the 60s and 70s, just recently, I was watching. Um, uh, I like to watch old games. So I was watching ESPN's Classic and I watched the, it was like the 77, 77 mm-hmm. Yankees, Kansas City Royals, Game five or seven, whatever it knows, five right then to go to the World Series. And that was the game where uh, Chris Chambliss hits the home run to win it, right? And uh, I just was flipping around, man. I, I That game, all those games from pre-80 all the way, you know, they would take two hours. There was the, the, the guy would get the ball and the, and the guy would not, the hitter wouldn't even get off the, out of the batting circle, you know? We're not that far removed, maybe about being 60, of remembering that era, right? And then we ushered in. So when I say follow the money, here's what happened. Because I was I was guilty of it too, especially when I went to Japan. Trust me. I knew what I was doing. I was primping a little bit, and they would throw a pitch, and it would be sinker away, ball one, and I'll follow one off one and one. And if I had them two and one, then I would stand, you know, stand up, fix my gloves. I was thinking... But I was kind of playing it up a little bit. Then if I hit a home run, it was really dramatic. So now every, then there's more commercials, right? So there's a lot going on. You know what I mean? Now they have to speed it up again. But we kind of we we made these children, as calling baseball, you know, kind of rude, and if you will, because was not the game, Scotty, in two hours and five minutes for everybody back in the seventies. Yeah, but even fast forward, I mean, I'm an 80s, born in the 80s, grew up, you know, while I'm watching the game in the 90s, it was way different. It was way quicker then, too. Well, That's you know what happened. Well, you know, I mean, commercials and advertising. Yeah, advertising. Commercials in the 90s, dude. I'm telling you, the difference was, and they were. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you, and then I think, you know what I think it is then? What? The replay, right? It, uh, you know, yeah, I like a couple times a game. Wait, no. wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. More replay. Anytime, though, yeah. anytime somebody questions something or they think they might have said, hold on, hold on. Let's check upstairs. Right now he goes upstairs. If when it first started, you had like a 45 seconds, a minute, they, you know, it drug all right. Okay. All right. Now we don't want to do anything. There's, there's 45. But, maybe that got quicker. That's they, unlimited. They that right? up. What? You know, most of that got quicker because when that first came okay, out, but it's fun. unlimited. You could do that anytime you want. You don't even have to challenge. Yeah. I thought the best way to, to get it right. If it's my eyes as mm-hmm. a manager or coach against what the umpire called. Now it's like this, right? You shouldn't be able to go up there and go, Hey, uh, Hey, check it out. Let's see. Quality what control. Right? What do we got? Yeah. yeah. Quality <laughs> control. It's like, the old the coach, right? isn't this? that what it's called? It, it is. It is. Guy. What was that You're job right. called? Replay quality control or something. It is. Yeah, I think you have them. But He's you know how the old we talk about eighty grand a year to do that. <laughs> but hey, the, old, the old arguments you talk about the Martins and the Weavers and all that—they used to go out there because they disagreed with the call, right? Yeah. Well, now, okay, if you disagree with the call, say replay it right away, right? You know, don't allow them to maybe give them a couple, a couple of them, but don't allow teams to let's review it first. So, so I mean, so that that did. not only that we are with the style of the game with the uh, excess. Uh, analytics, whatever you want to call it, 
Sure. There's how many pitching changes we have. It used to be guys would throw a lot. And yeah, there's a lot of benefit to that, but now we don't even let them throw. So we create our own monster a little bit, right? When we, we even in some of these games, we, you, I guess my biggest complaint about, you know, you know, when they did, well, third time through the lineup and all that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's, that's, that's common sense. A lot of times you can follow it. Okay. But on any given night in baseball, this might be that guy's night. He may be Joe average pitching, right? This night mm-hmm. he's on, man. You know what? So let him run with it because I'm going to tell you what happens because I've it's happened to me before. You go to take this guy out. You, if you look in the other dugout, they're going, thank you. Thank, thank you, asshole. <laughs> hey, dumbass. Thank you, man. Do us a favor, right? Mookie Betts in the World Series in 2020. Yes. With, 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 uh, he yeah. looked at, at, at his manager and went, yeah. thank you. You know, they, you know that, move, that, that move that year, uh, Cassie, I love it, but that's the way they do it. With that Snell. move right yeah. there. With, with Blake in, in Snell. The, that move in the old days would have got you fired. Now, oh, if you don't, do what? It, yeah. You know, now, now you, it's easily explained. You go, well, then we just went with our numbers. Yeah, and, Jimmy, and I'll tell you what exactly what the number was that year because I, I, I covered yeah. that team all year. It was 274 when, when, he, when he went the third round, uh, uh, third time around the order. And, and, but my gosh, it wasn't 274 that night, dude. <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. Hey, there's been a lot of average pitchers that throw no hitters or shutouts and all that. So that means maybe on that night they got it right. Yeah, Normally yeah. they go five and dive because they're not they don't have as good as stuff. But that brings point, me to a question, and Scotty will appreciate it because yeah, this is a great topic for the manager. You know, a guy that kind of crossed yeah. over from uh, playing in the eighties and nineties and then managing into the two thousands, deep into the two thousands, just till recently. Um, the 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 ever you know looming word called momentum in baseball. Is there really such a thing? I, I I believe there is, right? I mean, there's momentum, or is it just the numbers don't lie? Well, well, I think there. I mean, if if, if as an individual or as a team. No, I'm talking about like you just took him out, so the momentum shifted to the Dodgers. Now they're like, oof, you know what I mean? I mean, it happens yeah, I, on the baseball field. I don't I care think, how analytical you get on a particular thing. Now, what do we always people always say? You know, and, and it's true. Is that you know the difference between the great player and the average player sometimes is a mental mental toughness, or they got their minds right. The other he's he's confident. The other guy's less confident. Well, if you got it, if if you got if you're facing because I've been on the side where you know some guy some guys you expect you're going to pound are shutting you down, man. And you know you can just see their teams like dragging the bat back the dugout. They don't you know and so now they're they're in a state of mind. We can't hit this guy, right? And I'm sitting over there, go. We can't hit this guy. I hope they take him out, right? <laughs> and so, but when in in when they do take him out, if it, if there's some game left, everybody goes, sweet, thank you. And they could bring in a guy with much better stuff. Well, let's try. That's take the a irony. Shot. That's what I meant. Yeah, that momentum yeah, exactly. does matter. It, and yeah. so, uh, I will guarantee in that World Series, I go because I think he had punched out uh, Snell and punched out like all those three guys coming up first two times yes. before that, right? Right. In in uh you know he's a Cy Young guy and all that and he's on that night and and uh, you know it's his last start man he ain't got to save anything but but I'm not criticizing them because they do a lot of good things and Cash is my boy but they do great things and I I love them but I, well even you can I go mean, down you can go down to this game this series the the uh the Cleveland no I'm talking about the Phillies right oh the Phillies yeah go ahead yeah, against Houston. Um, Who's, who's, who's pitched for Phillies? They yanked him in the fit. fit. You know, they've been. Oh, they've been, right. Uh, God, what's up? What's it? Oh, Wheeler, right? 
We we they bring they bring in that left-handed reliever, you know, with the bases juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're talking uh, Wheeler for for uh, Alvarado. Yeah, right. Okay, but but the Phillies been crying and screaming for a a, a well pitched start this whole, whole series, right? And they yes. the ball. Now they get it right, and he get even that even that inning that led to it. You know, he get he gave up. Uh, I don't know if he hit it was an error or whatever. And then a little seeing eye crap single through the middle, right? I right. mean, after the walk and whatever. You know, it's not like he's getting pounded, right? And now you're bringing in that other guy. It's the toughest thing a reliever has to do if you can come in with guys on base, especially with the bases juiced or a couple of guys on. You know, now they got no breathing room, you know, and that guy he'd already coughed it up earlier in the series. And they and they see these guys, Gibby, multiple times in the right, series. Finally, right? yeah. And it's the same thing. Was- we go over this every year. I'm like, all right, they just saw this reliever three times. Yeah. He was lights out for three of those. I'm like, he's gonna crack eventually. They're seeing him every time. Right. They're giving the same right. matchup. Good okay, point. so so our so well, analytics says you take him out, obviously. You know, okay, but Wheeler, yeah, they 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 knew Wheeler and Wheeler they got to the you know the time before. A little bit, and but now this is his night, and you know he's. If I'm an owner and I'm going, I'm paying this guy 100 million bucks, and you're yanking him after two two times to the lineup. I'm the dumbass, I guess, because I'm paying him that much money, and he can't pitch more than <laughs> like I'm going, <laughs> you know. But you know, it's not like you say you you don't go by that because it has a lot of value. But I'm just saying, you know, it's it, people say, well, you know, he he, he trusts his gut. No, you trust your eyes, man. Your eyes will, you watching, if you're watching the game, you see, hey, this guy's got it. And you, and you also take into account, I think, the le- the score, right? If you got a little breathing room, you can you can run this guy a little bit longer. You know, if it's a tight game, okay, you might, you, okay, your mind's thinking a little bit different. But, but, in, in the, but the biggest thing that gets lost in it all, I think, right, is these relievers have to throw so many innings. Right. And they wonder, you look at the Yankees, right? At the beginning of the year, they were like the greatest team in history, supposedly. But they had that stud bullpen, right? Then they, the guys start getting hurt because what? They get they get used all the time. They got they got blown yeah. up. Okay, so on, on on certain nights, you know, let the starter go a little bit longer. And you know who you know, you know, the guys, if you had a camera down there, you had a microphone, the bullpen, and you see this, you know, they call him down, get up, and the manager going, the guys. The, the bullpen guys were going, oh, leave him, man. <laughs> they were like, man. did the phone ring? Did the phone oh, ring again? Oh, no, he's pitching great. He's, what are you doing? Because they suffer, and their, you know, their careers get cut short. <laughs> their, uh, their elbows are about to snap. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so what you may be thinking is benefiting a guy is it's hurting somebody. Now, if, now I got a solution, guys. I got a solution. Okay, Scotty's gonna laugh at me till till till, till twenty twenty four. Here's my solution, goal, guys. Forcing starters to stay in or whatever. No, here's my solution. They're good. Here's my solution. Very simple. Analytics is allowed throughout the hundred and sixty two game season. Blow up analytics when when the playoffs start. Analytics is illegal in the playoffs. <laughs> Well, see, here's the deal. I mean, analytics is good, though. Around. I mean, I mean, you, you but you do what? play it. Clo- you should be playing closer to the best on the playoffs. Every well, game I is massive. I, I, all I think, I, I think, all I'm saying is, you know, because over the course of a season, over the course of a career, this guy, you know, this guy turn they turn into what the numbers say, right? True. I'm just saying the beauty of Give baseball, ten percent probably plus or minus, right? The beauty of baseball is on. It's it's like some guys hit four home runs in a game one night. The, 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 anybody expect that? No, but this is his night, right? What are you going to pinch hit for him? Because 
because analytics say, no, you're going to let the dude take a shot at it, right? And, and, uh, also, playing to your point, though, Gibby, about the Astros, because we're fresh off them winning this year. Like, right. for as money as their bullpen was in the playoffs and just in the regular, I mean, their bullpen was ridiculous. Their starters, like you said, Framber Valdez, every freaking start was one of the bigger, you know, length guys yep. out there. Obviously, Verlander. Like, you go yep. down the line of who they had. Are you, uh, are you talking Dusty Baker? Is Dusty over there or something? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep. There you got, go. He finally got one. It's it's Snitker, Snitker the year before, wasn't it? Snit the old oh. Yes. Well, I'm just saying sometimes experience isn't the worst thing in the world. Upright with somebody yep. different. What happens to the game? It always comes back got to it. its roots, and we can't. It, screw it, it, it up. rectifies itself. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know what was strong? Your interview today, man. We love to. Oh, love it's you guys, man. You. It's good. And to see uh, you. we'll return to favor and come on your way one yes. time. And, yeah, as the season uh, come progresses, and we'll we'll have some fun. Continue the uh, continue the very very good dialogue, Gibby. It's good to see your face, man. I love you, bro. Good chat, man. Yeah, All right, boys, awesome. man. You guys have a great new year. You know, keep up the good work. This is why I like the long form interviews. Oh, uh-huh. because, yeah, with, with some guys, it's like you don't know which direction you're going to go. Sure. Where are they passionate? And then that's where the conversation will um, dictate what kind of topics are going on. Because some guys, it's like, we want to know all about your childhood. And that's the interesting part. Some of them, it's all about your post-playing career or some like tragic or or amazing situation that's gone on, yeah. right? And you can really go in depth. And with Gibby... It's true manager form of you're sitting in the office and you're going over the game and the rules, yeah. what the game's going to look like in the future and what the game looked like in the past. And um, that's the good stuff because he's he was really, really deep inside the uh, Major League Baseball world for a long time, you know, watching thousands of games and the one making the decisions on those. So that was fun for me. I just cracked up because he said that most of the time he ended up being a bullpen coach. I, I mean, catch, catcher. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but I always was. But, but you know what? He was a heck of a manager. I always, you know, enjoyed uh, talking to him before games. I got a lot of insight and a lot of kind of, you know, stuff that I use in my pregame and postgame, you know, because we play, we we covered him so much when he was with Toronto because he was in the AL East and, and I was with the Rays. So, um, this was a guy that, that was a go-to guy for me. And as we said at the beginning, he's extremely approachable and heck if he wasn't approachable in, in the interview, you know what I mean? And open and, and shared what he feels and some, some people sometimes may not like some of the things he might have to say, but, but most of it does say, you know, and has some logic to it. So I, I appreciate it and have thoroughly enjoyed, uh, Jay Gibbons, man. Yeah, and I, I think John can do some TV and all that too if he wanted to. Yeah. I was trying to talk him into it, even though he's like, nah. Uh, but maybe he's more <laughs> of a podcast digital guy, which is cool. I'm I'm totally into that. But um, our our this week in baseball actually is somewhat TV related because we had the uh, announcement of the World Baseball Classic on January 31, 2006. That was the uh, first of its kind, and it was launched on ESPN. So you had plenty of live games and the championship uh, on the 20th of March and. You know, if you were um, digging into the archives and you wanted to listen to one of those games, you might hear the sweet tones of Estes Estrada. I tell you what, it was pretty cool. You know, um, you know what this all was and and what it was and what it is, uh, except for the uh, obviously the hiccup of 
of uh, the pandemic and all that and and kind of you know skipping a, a beat there in the middle but basically 06 was leading to to the odd number of then at nine and then obviously it's been 13 and so on and so forth but for me it was a great experience because i got to really kind of use my tricultural you know self and, and that is it started you know i did 06 and 09 and covered japan that pool um you know, then um, uh, Puerto Rico, you know, that pool with all the Latinos and all the crazy craziness of Cuba and Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic and Curacao and then San Diego. Uh, and once again, you know, covering my beloved uh, third country of Japan uh, and when they they won it uh, with with the, the story. Talk about goat of, of Japan, the, the great Sarao Wanchan and. It was it was pretty cool to be able to use all three, uh, and it was very controversial. I'll be honest with you, because of Cuba, and and because of the fact that uh, they were in this tournament and all the trimmings around uh, communist Cuba and 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 them being a part of this. But a great idea to try to somehow tap into that World Cup soccer craze. Oh, it's working. Trust me. The last one was I. I always say this best memory in sports for me is calling world baseball classic USA versus Dominican Republic in Miami. It is the was, wildest was concert, baseball scene. Almost, right? It was, it, it was, was like full on music, standing, <laughs> dancing, having the best time. It was a party and it was a world cup atmosphere in terms yes. of the dedication. Um, but then it was also two Be back there again, beyond all-star teams going at it and playing hard playing yeah, yeah, i yeah, mean yeah. for their countries so right. i'm all about it i cannot wait um but in the meantime weekly we're here bringing in the next guest next week see you then on the lounge Peace. the legends lounge podcast is brought to you by major league alumni marketing Hit us with questions or comments at legendslounge at mlbpaa.com. Check out our memorabilia at mlamauthentics.com. Later, legends. Baseball Legends Lounge is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.